All right. We're in Romans. Woohoo. Okay, so I know I won't go as far as to say about the favorite book thing. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's a Brandonism. But it's but Brandon's favorite book. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. At least I know that it has, that this book includes my favorite chapter in the Bible. Okay. Yes. At that least is, you were very consistent with that. Yes. That there's, that is my favorite chapter of the Bible is Romans 8. But I, w- I would, Romans is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard not to call it's it's definitely a great book so i'm really excited to do it i didn't say it <laughs> i almost did okay um, anyway brandon loves romans yes it is a great but book. it's actually the book that made many of the famous theologians that well, i guess people are that are into this stuff know mm-hmm um, is the reason why they started their ministries or believed in the first place was because of the book of Romans. Romans. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, that's huge. I mean, that's very, very powerful to to say that. Yeah, it is. The book of Romans is theology's first textbook. Mm. Yeah. It is very very detailed and full um and it's very very easy to get caught up and not remember that this was written to a particular group of christians in a particular place in time right and and bible experts and teachers and and all sorts of people that's how they take that's why so much comes out of Romans, the book of Romans. You see so many different um, different arguments and different – so much comes and stems from the book of Romans. And a lot of that is because of the fact that they take it authoritative and when they shouldn't, mm-hmm. and then they ignore it when they shouldn't. And they don't apply it when they should. Yeah. So they they do they do a lot with it. But as far as for us, it's definitely a very important book for us. And Paul wrote it before he had actually made it to Rome. He was on the end, the tail end of his Asia missionary journeys he was done with asia and he was wanting to expand his his ministry over to rome he wanted to plant he intended to plant a firm christian base and church although okay when i say plant the church was already well established in rome by the time that paul wrote this letter he wrote it in 57 AD, around that. Mm-hmm. So it, he it, it was already well established in Rome. It had already caused issues in Rome. It had already caught you know all all sorts of different things by this time. But Paul wanted to make Rome a base in a, a large base for his ministry to expand out to Spain because he knew if he made it over towards Spain, it would go out 
you know, towards the ends of the, the earth. end of the or earth. Literally, yeah. Right, and and he he considered that as being, you know, and he and he most likely did end up making it to Spain before his death. That's when there's that little period where he got out before he was back in again. Before he was <laughs> back in again, yeah. and then finally killed, but. So he wrote this letter to them in a well-established church already, but he wrote it not really directed towards any person. And that's what we really need to remember as we're going into this, because it wasn't really any particular person or problem that he's addressing. So he's just addressing generalities. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we were just in Corinthians, they were very specific answers to very specific questions Correct. that had been asked Correct. of him. So it was very important to look at who he was talking to, what he would have been responding to. Not that Correct. there weren't things that we couldn't apply to Correct. our life today, but it was a very specific letter where this is more right. kind of a Right, more of a general yeah. overview of it. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, there was still a large Jewish population, course, or yeah. Jewish Christian population, and he's explaining how the two work together and marry mm -hmm. marry together into one um so that's definitely very very specific to the time but still relevant to today so and then as we get further into romans we get to that part that i was talking about earlier where we start kind of getting authoritative with it and kind of twisting it and not remembering certain things about the time and place mm -hmm. uh, i won't get too far ahead i suppose slow before i roll. start <laughs> slow your roll i shouldn't just start but in romans 13 mm -hmm. that's got to be the next thing what time is it it's like brandon says he shouldn't go too far but then he goes too far this will be a quick one nope didn't say later. that yeah three <laughs> uh, anyway but Romans 13 is a perfect example, and yeah. I can't wait to go through that one because that is a particular chapter that I have grossly spent. Grossly abused. Yeah, grossly abused, but I personally have spent a lot of time studying mm -hmm. myself. Yep. Because Been it's one of those chapters that at first I didn't like. Like, wait. I don't like this at all. Yeah. Like, this does not sound... Like I mean, number one, I don't like this. Number two, this doesn't yeah. sound like Paul. I mean, yeah. it understand. It, it sounds kind of like, but I'm like, what does he truly say? Because if you take everything literally, mm -hmm. and then he's right, that's why it's it's just very very important to understand the time and place and what was going on around. As you would with anything as you would else with anything else. Where it's still relevant to us today, mm -hmm. but then you, when you get to a chapter like Romans 13, that's when you use those little little nuggets of knowledge to understand that, oh, okay, he's. I understand what he's saying now. He's not saying it this way. He's saying it like, hey, that's probably in your better interest. So we'll get to that, but we'll start. But go before we start. Take a moment to pray. You guys, it was so cute how he'd always say take a prayer. But now he's getting better at it, and it kind of makes me sad. Now he's getting better at it. Now it makes <laughs> me sad. speaking. Oh, <laughs> well, there's plenty of other things to make fun of me for. So no, we can start you're there. so cute. 
Everybody, go ahead and pause us. Take a moment to spend some time in prayer before we get started. And then, of course, if there is anything at all that we can do for you, seriously, prayer requests, something you're just excited about, questions, something you'd like to talk through, something maybe we've misspoke on or, or came across, you misunderstood it, um, something else that you'd be interested to actually hear about instead of us just picking random things to ramble about. Um, let us know, whatever it is. Seriously, anything yeah, that we can do for cool. you. You need a Bible. You need I something. I like that part of it, to, instead yeah. of us rambling about it. <laughs> um, I always say that, and then people are like, no, we like what you do. I'm like, okay. Um, but seriously, go to our website, aphomechurch.com, and all of the info to reach out to us and find us with all of the things, it's all on there, and we are happy to help in whatever way we might possibly be able to. All right, and we are in nlt yep this is the family bible study that we do with our kids um the six-year-old eight-year-old the 14 year old they all gather around our dining room table first thing in the morning as we eat breakfast we read three chapters um every single day uh we do not do topical bible studies or anything like that we read the whole book and, start to and finish, our children are very versed in this book as well they very they know romans again they all know yeah Usually I switch out versions when I get to Romans 8 because I don't like... You didn't this past time, though. I didn't, and I but didn't like he it just, as much. Um, he, we just sit down, though. We think it's very important that we are reading God's Word in totality from Genesis to Revelation, whole books, verse by verse, all of it in context, what's it saying, not just bits and pieces here and there. So that's why we sit down here. We don't do, like, devotionals or things like that with them. We just read Scripture and... Surprise, surprise, they understand it. So Yeah, and it's it's going to be the way that I go about it is just I read this and I just go, oh, this reminds me of this is how this works. This is how sure. this, this is how sure. I go about it, and that's how it's – I believe that it's meant to go mm -hmm. because that's how you make a scripture applicable to your everyday life is – and it's meant to be – it's meant to be alive and and living and breathing in your time mm -hmm. and these things do apply i cannot wait till we get to the book of ecclesiastes mm -hmm. because i think that uh that'll be the next book after romans it's really random but our our next book after romans when we finish romans is going to be ecclesiastes um, oh i love that book and that's the book that we're currently in because yes. we're behind. But anyway, we're in, we're in Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes lays that out very, very well, that it doesn't matter. There's nothing new, nothing new, and everything is like chasing chasing wind, chasing vapor. It's, Which at the rate the wind is howling outside, you'd be running pretty fast. <laughs> yep, it's, it's really, really windy here. All right, when we start here, here comes Paul's longest introduction to... A letter which you look at it and you're like what is the point of you telling all of them this like you're writing to well-established Christians in Rome like they know most they of should this. know this but here we sit and read this today and this is how we answer a lot of arguments mm -hmm. <laughs> in different questions so that's why so We'll start with Paul's ridiculously long introduction in verse 1. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. 
In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell the Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. What God has done for them, that would be salvation in everything too. But at the same time, we have to remember this is this this kingdom offering mm -hmm. that we're thinking of and we're... we're the kingdom of God, this eternal kingdom, but it's also an earthly, literal kingdom that's coming as well. And that's the good news of Christ is that Christ is going to return and he's going to bring his kingdom with him and he's going to establish it on earth. And these are things to be really, really excited about. Yeah. Verse six. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and who are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. We made it through Paul's introduction right there. All that. Whew. Before we go on, he hadn't actually been to Rome yet. He wanted to start. He wanted to travel there. But he had not yet been there. He had not yet run across the opportunity. So he was hoping he would be able to travel there soon. Mm -hmm. And he was also planning on getting funding for his trip through the churches. To continue, yeah. Right, which that will bring up an interesting bit here in a little bit. But we'll continue on in verse 8. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome, too, to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. The Jew first. Mm -hmm. This is Why would he note that? If he, the he Jews are irrelevant, he does. That's like, why, why they, would... they're not, and that's they're God's chosen people, mm -hmm. and they're still very, very relevant. So, and this isn't the only place that this happens. I mean, this is a consistent theme throughout Scripture. So to say that we have replaced the Jews or, or right. anything like is just insane. Now, again, that's not to say that there's anything special about the the Jews themselves, like Israel now in the way of yes that there's they have some priority because they've rejected over Christianity. Christ. correct 
I mean, there's no bigger thing Correct. that you could do they, than to be his own people and reject his son. Correct. They, they only exist because of the glory of God and because they are his people and because yeah. he promised to preserve the Jewish Well, remnant. God doesn't break his promises. So if he promised that he will do these things, then he will do them. And then he will do them, exactly. But yes, yeah, so we can't, but we can't forget that. And that's what a lot of these, a lot of new Bible teachers, this is a whole new wave of teaching that mm-hmm. uh, Israel doesn't matter. We are Israel. You know, the, the church, church is, is Israel. Yeah. And no, it's to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. It's And scripture, Old Testament and new confirms that. Yeah. Old and new, right. That's what I say, yeah. Yeah, Old and yeah. New. that's what you said. Mm-hmm. All right, verse 17. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Okay, before we go into 18, this next little section here, these next couple verses, there's a lot in it. But mostly it. Paul saying here that it's obvious that there is a God mm-hmm. to everybody. And you can see it in nature. Every human can identify it because it's inside them. It's their conscience. Mm-hmm. That is God. That is God. It's not Jiminy so, Cricket. Right. It's not Jiminy Cricket. That's yeah. that's the law of God written on your heart. That's mm-hmm. the proof of, of God. Well, so, and that's how you can take all of the world's governments right throughout history even and you will see the same morals the same standard not every degree but you know this overall killing people is bad right <laughs> right is right i mean you can go through and essentially find the the foundation you know the majority of god's law the 10 commandments of of to you know love other you can basically find that throughout all of the world and every you know regardless of social differences you find this and it's because god's law is written on your heart and that's right and no man no human has an excuse for not knowing god yeah based off of that well which is a huge part when people ask well what about you know the people that live in those remote lands that don't have missionaries there doing god's work on them yeah you know that yeah that's where that one is where Billy Graham really got in trouble for because he said that uh, he said before that he's like well as long as they're doing you know these things even if they don't hear the word they'll still be able to get saved mm-hmm. and there was a big uproar for that people didn't like that very much people didn't like that one because we should I mean continue to spread the word of God of sure. course I mean you do that with whoever you sure, get into but... your life and whatever but but every man has knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. Whether you realize it or not, that's what it is. Verse 18. But God chose his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and its divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they would not worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. 
As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people in birds and animals and reptiles. So I'm stopping so many times in this, I know. But there's and a I lot. Know. And, I, and I said before, at the end of Second Corinthians, I was like, there's no way that Romans is going to be any sort of short <laughs> because there's so much in here, though. If anybody listens to any of these pod, these Bible study podcasts, I think this is probably one of the most important ones because yeah. this is one of the most relatable um, books that you can you can have in your Christian life. You can learn so much from it. You can use it, and you can two chapters a day. And we might have to do that. We might have to cut them down because. There's, a There's just mm-hmm. so much in it for us to learn, to know, to apply. You honestly can stop at every verse. <laughs> it it, it under, makes you understand. Mm-hmm. And this whole first chapter of Romans gets you to understand the world around you. Mm-hmm. And Paul brings up, coming up here, right, uh, going into verse 24, God speaks of, well, first, you notice how he's saying they. He's not speaking of a specific group of people. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's, at the time, he's, you know, he's speaking of just a generally of all unbelievers and then, um, you know, unbelieving, or, you know, Jews and, right, right. That I'm referring to this story. Right. When he's scripture. saying they, yeah. he's saying this is a, this is a general statement. Mm-hmm. So let's remember that they, the world, so for us here, this is the world. Remember, the world does all of these things. Claiming to became, become wise, they're utter fools. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people, animals, birds, reptiles. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need to go real far with that because I think our podcasts lately have dealt with a lot of that. But he introduces here the wrath of abandonment. And this is one thing that I harp on a lot when we speak of our country, Mm -hmm. when we speak of these types of things. And I hear that's why I don't want this to come out the wrong way. It probably will. But I I just kind of shriek when I hear God bless America. You know, or when I hear the the Christian right just over praising and saying that this is a you know God fearing nation and we love you know God bless America. It's written. We're under the wrath of abandonment. We are under the wrath of abandonment completely. So we're not it, God fearing people. No, we're, we're not. I, I mean. God extends his mercy and his salvation out to every man. Sure. So that 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 goes across the whole world though. That not just in but our, our not just in whole. our nation, but our nation as a whole mm-hmm. as you know, yeah, you can win a, a na- I believe a nation could win God's favor. Nothing in the way of of you know, something that's going to change the world. But you can win God's favor by definitely 
bringing honor to him as a nation. Sure. Um, you know, you can you can do we can do many things like that. But that's up to us now individually, not as a nation, as a country, as the United States. Well, it's too far gone. I, I, right, and I talk I talk mm. about this because I live here. I, I know this goes across all the world. Yeah, this but may work for, for many other countries, but I don't live in them. So I'm I don't live in them, them, so I'm speaking for the United States and that we are largely a godless nation. Yes. And, and our so church everywhere. is largely an apostasy. We believe, many of us believe a false Christ. And yep. these things are very, very serious. While we're not experiencing judgment as in the Old Testament when we disobey, when nations refuse to obey God and Wiped them specifically out Israel, you know, dealt with them. While we don't, not we're not dealing with that, right, that. while... While every single disaster that happens is in a punishment of God from how bad our nation is, um, well, not directly. It, it's maybe sometimes. Uh, maybe sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that's that's very true. I mean, some that's exactly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is, but for the most part, it's not. But what we are, what we can have is we can have. We can we can have a more prosperous time and we can have more unity and we can have more joy and while we still deal with sin it, it could be better in that way but we're way too far gone mm -hmm. America had our opportunity and we had a good maybe little point where we did do that mm -hmm. but now the hearts of man largely and the the what we've let into the church and what we've let twist yep now we're starting to see this wrath of abandonment that we're talking about and this wrath of abandonment is these verses here it explains all of this so this look at the world around you church christians country Tell me that this is not what we are suffering yeah. because of these things. It is. Paul lays it out right here. What this wrath of abandonment, what God leaving a nation will look like. Yeah. And he did this. This isn't new. This isn't. This is Paul. This is the Old Testament as well. So, but for us, we'll start verse 24. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned for lust with each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of 
this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. There was like a nail and you're going to hit it right on the head. Yeah. Ow. Dead giveaway. I never hit, well, I have never understood since I've started this how this is not so clear. Everybody looks around and goes, ah, this is just, you know, this is just crazy. You know, the world is, you know, banana, you know, everything is crazy. This stuff is, well, it's, explains everything right here how do you not see that oh and here we go all right chapter, chapter two, two mm-hmm. verse one and i think this will be our last chapter since we will shorten these up that well you can shorten the chapters up so it doesn't end up three hours yeah all right first one you may think you can condemn such people But you are just as bad, and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself. For you who judge others do these very same things. And we know that God, in his justice, will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Mm, big one. That one is huge. That's, big one. That's where Jesus loves you where you're at. Mm-hmm. If you turn from your sin and you stop sinning mm-hmm. because he's kind and tolerant with you while you're in sin. Once you find Christ, that's supposed to be the point where you stop. And you turn completely the other way. What drives me so nuts about that whole way. And I watch people. I was reading um, some comments on something the other day and just looking at the conversations, you know, people are having and just spreading that, that idea and that message. And it's like, yes, Jesus loves you. Obviously he died for you. Like there, there is no greater love, right? right? But if you're like, in Christ and if you're claiming you're yeah, in Christ and sinning, and that's why I just I hate that topic. We podcasted it. on it a long time ago, and you know what? We'll no, bring it, it up was, again. But it was one of our like least listened to podcasts, you know, because it's it's so anti the message right. that that everybody's preaching. Out. Yeah, that everybody, especially for like I said, I especially for us it, yeah. as young people, this mm-hmm. is not a popular message to be. Yep. to be promoting I, I know it probably looks weird for most of our audience that we have these younger people that are out here promoting a completely different message because That's our message younger generation hear, yeah. is this 
Tell you know, me good things, teacher. Tell me good things. Mm-hmm. Let's get out and be proactive and change the world and, you know, be happy and dandy, Jesus loving. And it's uh, most of it is, is completely, just completely false. Mm-hmm. And we have no excuse for not it identifying this. It sounds good, these. sure. It sounds, but what did Paul just say in the end of the first chapter? Mm-hmm. That we know that God's righteous judgment falls upon people who do these things. Mm-hmm. So that indicates a believer. Yeah. So where do you think that these type of people that believe this type, I mean, this is what where they fit in. Yeah. I'm not judging these. Somebody's got to fit this this mold that he's painting here. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And it can't be the people that are. Well, and that's, I mean, when we see the example of Jesus saying that some of you are going to show up and be like, Lord, 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 Lord when did I get yeah. say, get out of here? I don't and know you. See that. Somebody has to fit that mold. Somebody has to be the people showing up going, hey, Christ, I know you, you know me. And he goes, get out of here. I never knew you. Never knew you. I feel like somebody we're, has to fit that. Mold. I feel like we're taking on Goliath here because we are. And we're little David with our little slingshot. But we've been watching. A lot I've been watching, unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of uh, Elevation Church uh, services. I pray for their people. Oh, I do. Lord Jesus, help them. I pray. For, I'm praying for them right now because this is the type of stuff. Great. You see these things. You see these are the type. Oh. Of, I see these things, and not everybody. I'm not the one that's judging every single one of these people, but what they're preaching. There's a lot of false gospel that's in there. There's a lot of idolatry. There's a lot of scary, scary stuff that we're eventually we'll get to that project. I, I'm not. I'm watching them for a purpose. And while I, I over the past couple of days, I have been near heart attack. <laughs> it, it's been hard to get. To yeah. Help you get it's, yes, I need to. I. Oh my goodness, because. This is just what the message is largely out there. And and largely it, it saddens me because mm-hmm. I don't want to see these people, you know, not believing truth and doing, you know, not saved. I don't, I don't want to see that. But many of them refuse to believe the truth and they're believing a false Christ and they're just, yeah. no. Don't tell me bad things, doom and gloom guy. Mm -hmm. Tell me I'm good enough. No, that's the whole point of this book, too, is Paul is saying that you're not good enough. Nothing that you can ever do will be good enough. Matter of fact, even the most righteous people that did all the right things, the best people Mm -hmm. ever, like, you know, like Billy Graham and like Spurgeon. Yeah. They were not good enough. No. They weren't even close. Yeah. There was only one person that was good enough. And, yeah, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself again. Shush. Whoever's <laughs> marking these things down. <laughs> I know you're... Thanks, Morgan, for keeping ah, us on track. Not, it's not only Morgan. <laughs> There's more than it that. It I know. It's a thing now. I'm, I'm in loving... Fun. In loving fun. In loving fun. Sure. You're lucky I have thick skin and know my faults. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? I don't know. That's what I have you here I for. Know.
So verse 5. But because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory, honor, and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. I love that living lives of wickedness is in the same list with living for yourself. Right. But yet we encourage and support and promote. I mean, look at all of this Rachel Hollis stuff with girl, stop apologizing and girl, what, you know, that whole line of thinking, it's not just her. She's a big part of it, but there's everybody kind of along those lines. This, this group of people is believers that are doing these things that claim that they know God. So again, somebody has to fit this mold. Yeah. Verse nine. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil, the Jew first and also for the Gentile. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. When the Gentiles sin, they will be destroyed even though they have never, they have never had God's written law. And the Jews who do have God's law will be judged by that law when they fail to obey it. For merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. It is obeying the law that makes us right in his sight. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts, for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. Okay, so... This when we talk about this God's law in the law. That's what the Torah people always love to quote in this verse here. Or these these verses over here, I see that. But it it's actually really clear against that because they're saying that the Gentiles have God's law who don't have God's written law, but they show that they have God's law written on their hearts. Yes. And obviously the law written on your heart is not a kosher diet. Correct. Correct. Not all of these things that were given in the Old Testament. But your conscience, we all have this moral scope. Children have this, you know, just this thing. We know murder is wrong. We know, you know. Hurting other people is wrong. Stealing Stealing things is wrong. wrong. I mean, there's certain things that just know are wrong. Having our neighbor's wife is wrong. Yes. Don't. Those types of things. So if you look at the Ten Commandments, let's right. just say, the that is the moral compass that man instinctively across the board knows to be right and true. Right. Most governments are based off of those right. common principles right. regardless of the nation's social, religious, right. whatever. Right, right. Yeah, either way, all of them are are written basically the same. At no point is it okay to go up and kill somebody. Yeah, that's I mean, just, just generally. That I mean, of yeah, course, yeah, it doesn't like, work like that. But, just murder somebody. Like, yeah. But that is a general law throughout all of the world. Right. Even uncivilized places in the right. world, 
they don't just go up and stab people to like death. Like just what happened in like Saudi people. Arabia with the Khashoggi killing. Yeah. Like dude just walked dude walked into the embassy, got like dismembered and walked out like was out of the embassy within like a few hours and like straight up murdered inside of the embassy. And and Wrong. not in Saudi Arabia, yeah. but uh, there but, was a Saudi Arabian embassy. Yeah. And he but we know that in Saudi Arabia they're like, Oh, that's terrible, murder is horrible. You should never do that. It's not like it's, it's because wrong. God's law is written on their heart. Right. So you look at things like murder, like stealing, like adultery. Like, I mean, you go through these things. I mean, obeying your parents. I mean, showing honor to your parents. I mean, things like that are just instinctively, right? We think it's just instinct. Yeah. Instinctively, just things that humans view as good or bad. Right. Where does this come from? It's because God's law is written on your heart. Not all of the Jewish regulations of the Old Testament, which, yes, Christ did live and fulfill because he was born a Jew, and so he lived by those things and fulfilled all of them with perfection. But God's law of right and wrong is written on your heart. Children that cannot speak have a base of understanding of right from wrong. Yes, we teach them and we guide them and we lead them, but little kids, it's amazing to watch little kids that just see things as right and wrong. I mean, you can watch that in your children. It's amazing right. how they just know Automat these yeah, they, they know. just know them. Yeah. And it's because God's law is written on their teeny tiny little hearts. It's yeah. already there. It's already it's instilled in them, yeah. What we do with it is a whole different story, yeah. but it's there. Yeah, so even the people that say that go and kill people mm -hmm. even they know that killing people's wrong yeah <laughs> so yeah. god's you know god's law is there but it's it's all a matter of conscience not not obeying a, a religious system verse 16 and this is a message i proclaim that the day is coming when god through christ jesus will judge everyone's secret life you who call yourselves Jews are relying on God's law and you boast about your special relationship with him. Because of their observance to the Torah law. Right. To clarify. Yep. You know what he wants. You know what is right because you have been taught his law. You are convinced that you are a guide for the blind and a light for the people who are lost in darkness. You think you can instruct the ignorant and teach children the ways of God. The ignorant would be all of us that right. do not follow yep. these laws. For you are certain that God's law gives you complete knowledge and truth. Well, then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? You teach you tell others not to steal, but do you steal? You say it's wrong to commit adultery, but do you commit adultery? You condemn idolatry, but do you use items stolen from pagan temples? You are so proud of knowing the law. But do you dishonor God by breaking it? No wonder the scriptures say, the Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of you. If we're not living the type of life and we're making a joke out of God and making other people, unbelievers, blaspheme the name of God because of us, that's a serious issue. Which? Which? <laughs> we're both thinking the same thing. Is my political feather ruffle subject you are you're like turk turk walking around i am you're just all i just get <laughs> i shake when i do it because you can't you can't treat god like that 
Well, but look at, I mean, if you talk with people who have left religion, left the Christian church, yep. whatever thing. Why? Why? What was their problem? And it's, well, people, they preach one thing and they, and live, they live another way. They're right. a hypocrite. I mean, you look at all of that. and, and so Or they force this religious system down your throat and mm-hmm. say that you must adhere to these so things. So people now want nothing to do with God. Because of the way that you are living your life and the things that you are doing, that is huge. It's not that you do things so that you will have salvation. Your salvation should cause you to live a life that is radically different. And you from think, those of this and world. you, and that's exactly why this is a funny example of it because it's a funny website, but it or a funny page, but it was done in pure seriousness. Sure, it is funny, and he yeah. and he is humorous on it because I think. There's there's a there is a humorous angle. We can't walk around and be completely hard nosed all the time. But he's actually sh- he's actually shining light on something, doing his Christian duties. You know, shining light on evil works and saying, hey, you know, even Elijah was like, hey, maybe your God's in the bathroom, right? right? Yeah. Like on a serious situation, even he had a little humor in there. Sure. So preachers and sneakers, though that page, an Instagram page is an Instagram page, and oh my gosh, that it just makes me roll. It's funny, but it's not funny in the same time because we're talking about preachers and you know anywhere from a couple hundred dollar sneakers to thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars shoes. Yeah, and then it's just these pastors wearing Gucci, Prada, fit, it, all these ridiculous just. Mm-hmm. No, but then and you, go you to and these... then you look. Do you? Why do you think people have a sour view of Christianity yeah. when they see things like this? Be generous. Be generous. Give me your be money. Be generous. Give me your be generous. Money. Give me your money. Give me your money. And, your money. I'm, and I'm all in Gucci. Well, but that's the scary part because then you go look at these pastors. Oh, pages. but it's book deals. But yeah. it's book deals. Yeah. You go look at these. Po- where where do you think your platform is? If where you're do you think a pastor and you get that much money from a book deal? Why are people okay? I'm not going to go there, but then you go look at these pastors' pages and you see the millions of followers that they have. And I mean, you don't go, get me wrong, I love Gucci, but not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. You, you that was your your old life. I, I'm my um, old life. Um, I shared about that when we sold your wallet. Um, we uh, <laughs> I did. We um. We look at the pages of these pastors that with millions of followers, millions, and then you just, it's heartbreaking. I just, I mean, you you and Travis will get into that when you guys do your thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, and there is an angle of humor to it, but it's not funny at the same time because it makes people blaspheme God and it makes God look like a joke. Mm -hmm. And And for people then to blaspheme, Theme, the name of God because of you. Whoo! Yeah. Whoa. I do not want to be you on this day when you stand before. In God. the defense to it, th- oh, there's been a lot of flack so that preachers have have given this guy though for even calling them out. Yeah. For it, mm-hmm. which you know I understand. I mean it. It does seem kind of. You know, you do have to be careful with things like that. However, this is in a flaunty way, and this is—I mean, this is ridiculous. And I mean, as a as a preacher in itself, you don't need to be wearing, you know, two thousand dollars shoes. It's just—it's not something that you need to be doing. And I don't—it does not go. 
Well, look at Paul. Paul says that he would rather no longer eat meat if the eating the meat of that came from places that had been sacrificed to idols would cause others to stumble. So if me doing this, although there's nothing wrong with me doing right. this, if me doing this would be a stumbling block for other believers, then I'll just never ever do yeah, it again. Yeah, because you because could I don't say, oh, that. he's wearing this, he's wearing that. So I have a problem with this, riches and idolizing these things. This excess now that I want, you right. have, obviously, if you're wearing $2,000 shoes, um, and even if somebody gave you those shoes, if come on, how many of us have been you broke know, before and, where and you're you selling everything the, worth anything? You know to... what the problem is that nobody seems to have, and I don't want to go. We're almost done, I promise. Yes. But a lot of these seem to be like these Yeezy sneakers, which are Kanye sneakers, mm -hmm. which that in itself, making that yeah. statement is not a good, not a good statement for a preacher to make. From a man who sets up his concerts to be himself as this Christ-like like, Yeah, like, I don't even. All right. <sighs> Verse 25. I I don't know where we were going with that. We had to stop in the yeah, middle of it. Yeah, there's and, big windstorm yeah, stuff just went flying across our, property. Of course, our, our outdoor setup just, just worked, just worked so hard to put together. Just, just flew literally away. Literally flew away. Literally, because we're having like. 100 mile an hour winds. Okay, not that much, but it's it seems really like windy it. and stuff is flying. All I don't even remember it being this windy during like the hurricanes that have come through. Yeah, this is far worse than hurricane wind right now. All right, so we're just gonna get to verse 25. The Jewish ceremony of circumcision has value only if you obey God's law, but if you don't obey God's law, you are no better off than an uncircumcised Gentile. And if Gentiles obey God's law. Won't God declare them to be his own people? In fact, uncircumcised Gentiles who keep God's law will condemn you Jews who are circumcised and possess God's law, but don't obey it. For you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law, Rather, it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit, and a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll, we'll do, well, that'll be one and two. We'll do two today. chapters we'll, a so we'll, day. We'll do two through, through this because Brandon's going to stop a lot, and there's a lot here. There there'll really probably is. be lots of isms for people out there to write down. Brandon isms. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us, right. for studying with us. Again, any questions, anything we can clarify, please reach out, let us know, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Please do.